You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? My name is Sean Oshadi. This man is Jose Youngs. And this is the UFC 263 post-fight show. Jose, we are here in the desert. And what a night it was. I'm still battling a contact high from old Nate Diaz hotboxing us in oh my on this po- right. post-fight Maybe presser. that's why I feel so weird. It probably is, my friend. Uh, but what a night, man. And it belongs in the end to Israel Adesanya mm-hmm. once again. He moves to 10-0 as a middleweight in the UFC. It's a clean sweep this time over Marvin Vittori. Mm-hmm. 50-45s all around. It wasn't really close at any point. Uh, and he really just continues to move up the historical ranks here when it comes to the middleweights in the UFC. He now is only behind Anderson Silva when it comes to that record. Your takeaways from this performance tonight from the champ. Another masterclass uh, from Israel Adesanya. I know he said that he uh, he was predicting a finish or a stoppage at some point. He, he wanted to Proved the doubters from the first fight wrong, where he fought Marvin Torrey to a decision in this in the Gila Arena. I think it was what 20, 2018, I think it was was the year. Uh, and he wanted to put an emphatic statement and put him away, a la Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal, to put any uh, question, like uh, answer any questions that Marvin Torrey quote unquote won. If he wasn't going to get the finish, he said he wanted a five zero sweep, and he did get a five zero sweep. Marvin Torrey looked at times impressive uh especially on the ground but izzy just popped right right back up in fact i was honestly more impressed that marvin kept coming forward uh and at no time was he like rocked or hurt like we're going to talk about another certain fight earlier in the night but marvin Torrey never went away but he was never at any point winning the fight so on another master class from the ufc middleweight champion and uh we're getting to the point where I don't know who this who is going to test this man at 185 pounds. So I want to ask you about that in a second. But Marvin Vittori seemed to think tonight that he won or maybe that he should have gotten some hey scorecards. I'm not sure with that guy, but what do you make of that? Hey, man, I'm glad he's confident, uh, but he thought he won the first fight and I disagree with that. And he even Israel Adesanya here, uh, someone asked him, like, what are you guys talking about? He like Israel Adesanya went up to him. And he was like, I don't like you. You don't like me. But at the end of the day, this is martial arts, martial arts. So we can respect each other in terms of our skills. And Marvin was like. How are you going to sleep at night? I won that fight. Israel's like, okay, man. Like, I'm not, I don't know. It's what never going to gonna end. It's, it's like, it's exactly what I said when we were doing the weigh-in show. And like Mike and Mike and Casey were asking me, like, what was the, what was it like at the, at the press conference? I was like, I don't know. I couldn't hear it, but I just know everything Israel Adesanya said. Marvin would just yell at him and scream at him. And Izzy just looked like, like he was yelling at a, he was talking to a wall. Like no matter what I say to this man, what I do to this man, nothing is going to change his mind. So Israel's like, whatever, man, just do you. We're past this point in our lives right now. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, it's getting to the point where I don't even really know where we go with Izzy. Obviously, there's a next step in front of us already, but it does feel as if these title defenses are getting very easy for him if mm-hmm. they weren't already. I mean, Martin Vittori was swinging an air out there. He landed mm-hmm. 32% of his strikes, which is, that's not the number. You that's not what there. you need in an Izzy fight. Do you see anybody in this middleweight division right now that's going to give Izzy a challenge? Uh, I, I, Marvin did some things uh, that I thought he 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 like stopped his step two. I felt like when he would when he'd push Izzy up against him, and maybe that's just because Izzy has good defense. But he would like shove Israel at Asani against the fence, and he wouldn't really complete the steps. Izzy would escape, or he'd get him on the ground. He'd hold him for a bit, and then. Israel Adesanya, the kickboxing specialist, would reverse him to top position. I don't know if he can do that against a fighter like Robert Whittaker, who can mix striking and high-level wrestling. But at the same time, we saw Israel Adesanya knock out Robert Whittaker in front of like 50,000 people in Melbourne. So he could probably do it again. Uh, but the, I don't want to say the blueprint is out there, but we saw what Jan did. He, I think he was just the bigger man. And we saw what Marvin was trying to do. I don't know if they win, but I want to see Kelvin Gastelum fight. Israel Adesanya again, someone who has a high level. He's wrestling. A far away, away. From no, him. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like a guy who has 
uh, good wrestling and good grappling, uh, who again, Kelvin Gaslam had back-to-back weight cuts going into that fight, uh, that fight against Israel Adesanya, or someone like Robert Whitaker, or even hella Jack Hermanson, who's a good grappler. I want to see someone that can really, when they get Israel Adesanya to the canvas or up against the fence, complete steps one through five rather than stopping at step two. Well, as you mentioned, Robert Whitaker, that is the next man up. We already knew that. He probably should have already been it the one be fighting him. in this fight, but timelines didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Looks like we're going to get that for, you know, fourth quarter in the year. It seems like as he seems to want uh, Auckland, New Zealand, Australia. I'm sure it'll be somewhere in that region. I'm sure it'll be a big show. What's your early read on that fight? In that I mean, I can't wait for that fight. I, those are the two best middleweights in the world. It's like when Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were doing their thing in the NBA in the 80s, they were in the two biggest markets in the NBA, Boston and the Lakers, the two most historic franchises, and they were the prime of their careers. They came up together and they made their they made each other better. And now that's a rivalry. You name the biggest rivalries in just sports, you name those two. Israel Adesanya from New Zealand, Robert Whitaker from Australia, two middleweights in the prime of their career in a storied rivalry between New Zealand and Australia. I can't wait. I still favor the champions, especially based off what we saw. He pitched a perfect game. That's like Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. Like he had at no point in there did Israel Adesanya look like he was going to lose that fight. You mean the first fight? The first fight. The first fight between Rob and Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya pitched a perfect game in that fight. And Robert Whitaker, he himself said, I was burnt out of life at that point. Now he's kind of shuffled up his team. He's changed his kind of approach to life. He's now, what, one, two, three in a row row against high-level top five fighters. So that's a fight that makes sense. I still favor Israel Adesanya, but... I am so here for that fight. Well, man, let's move on to the co-main event. And oh my God, I mean, I'm not, I've been in this industry for 10 years. I've been to a lot of fights, been to a lot of events. I've seen a lot of crazy moments. At a certain point, they all start to bleed together. You know how it goes when it comes to that. I am never in my life going to forget the moment when Brandon Moreno won this flyweight title here in this crazy arena in Glendale, Arizona, with everybody going nuts for him. He's emotional. The whole thing is just the craziest story you can imagine. I mean, this is a guy, we talked about it on the preview show, number 16 out of 16 uh, seeds when it came to his ultimate fighter season. Wasn't even in the UFC a couple of years ago. No. He ended up being cut. And now he comes back, and Brandon Moreno is the new UFC flyweight champion. I know you picked this, but can you believe this? I picked it, but I also picked a decision. I didn't pick. I didn't think Brandon Moreno was going to stop David Figueroa, who, as Dan Wayne says, is a lot of savages in the UFC, and he constantly says that about David Figueroa. So, uh, I did not think Brandon Moreno had it in him to finish the champion. I thought uh, Figueroa would maybe tire, and then Moreno would probably wins round uh, three, four, five. But you can be the third flyweight champion ever. You can be the fifth. You can be the one with the fastest submission. But you're never going to be the first. There's always one first, and Brandon Moreno is the first Mexican champ, Mexican-born champion, not in flyweight history, in UFC history. And my cousins text me. They're in, they're, they're in Mexico, and they were texting me about this guy. So I kind of base my, my gauge on big happenings in the world of MMA that cross over. When people I know that don't watch MMA text me, my Mexican relatives are texting me about Brandon Moreno, and they want to go to Tijuana, and they want to like f- find him and hang out with him and everything. So like... It's it's as someone that comes to Mexican household, it's awesome to see that they're kind of gravitating towards uh, mixed martial arts. And I agree with you 100 percent. I will never forget the sight of Brandon Moreno getting that belt around his waist. It was a crazy scene in that arena, man. I would have assumed you were in Tijuana. It was just nuts. It was was absolutely nuts. Uh, We have seen it really all week. 
here in Phoenix. I mean, I, I didn't expect any of this. He, Brandon Moreno was received like an absolute star mm -hmm. here in Phoenix. The crowds loved him everywhere we went, whether it was the press conference, the weigh-ins, now the fight. What do you think, like how big can this get? Does he, it feel to you like Brandon Moreno could be a potential star absolutely. because he's, his story is incredible. Absolutely. His, his demeanor is incredible. He's such a nice guy, he's he such a happy speaks guy. speaks perfect English. He's an amazing dude to just talk to, man. And, and he has such a great story. Do you feel like the UFC may have stumbled onto something here? Yes, anytime you can get a Mexican champion in general, that's a big deal. Like Hayne and Henry could have been mega stars if Kane didn't get hurt and Henry Cejudo didn't walk away. I'm not saying Brandon Moreno is going to be the next Conor McGregor or like Ronda Rousey or anything, but you bring him to any market, like Chicago has a huge Mexican Mexican population. It's a massive city. LA, bring him to New York, bring him to Miami. Anywhere like in Arizona. Anywhere in Arizona, yeah. anywhere in Texas. Like you could bring him to Texas and Dallas or something. Just build him up with these co-main event slots and eventually when the world opens, stick him on the first Mexico City card. And everyone needs that image, like the Conor beating Diego in Ireland. Darren Till beating Steven Thompson in Liverpool. They need that image of the arena just losing their minds. And if Brandon Moreno defends his title in Mexico City, the UFC has a bona fide star on their hand. It reminds me a lot of Stipe Miocic in which when oh, we took yeah. him to Cleveland, it was just like he was the biggest star and, in the world, right? And, I, and they haven't been back since, which made no sense to me. Like, just have Stipe fight in Cleveland every <laughs> single time. <laughs> but anyway, that fight itself, I, I, I think the one thing that surprised me most it was really one-way traffic mm -hmm. the whole way through. Mm -hmm. Brandon Moreno won that fight from pillar to post. He ends up getting the submission, obviously, and he hinted at it in the post-fight press conference. He was asked about Divas Figueredo. Did he feel the same as he did in that first fight? What do you think about the weight cut? The weight cut did seem to affect Divas Figueroa. 100%. 100%. I mean, Davis Figueredo weighed in at what, like 10.59 and 59 seconds. Uh, even Brandon Moreno was like, his, he left his sunglasses on. He wouldn't look me in the eyes. He was like trying to manufacture this thing. And it seemed like he felt like David Figueredo was had already lost the fight even before he came on. And, and Brandon Moreno was like, I mean, he can think whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just a positive guy, and I'm going to go out there and beat them. And Brandon Moreno just had the champion winner's mindset, and it felt like Davidson Figueredo's body was betraying him already before this fight. So I would imagine if if if, if he doesn't try to talk Dana White into doing the trilogy. Is Bantamweight next for him? Because, I, I mean, it seems assume. like it kind of has to be eventually, I right? I would have to assume. I mean, he's supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt. Just do Figueredo, Cody Garbrandt at 135 and call it a day. Well, let's move on, Jose, because there was one other big fight tonight that I want to hit. Obviously, Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz. Leon Edwards has to be the unluckiest human being on the face of the planet. What can you even say about this? He dominated Nate Diaz for 24 minutes of a 25-minute fight. And I don't know that he came away as the real story. Obviously, Nate Diaz with that late flurry, it seemed as if he had another minute. He would have won that fight in the final seconds. What's this, was this fight more about Nate Diaz for you, Leon Edwards? When you come away from this, what do you think? I understand that fans want to see Nate win. So in the eyes of the fans, I'm sure it's everything Nate did wrong uh, rather than everything Leon did right. And I do understand that because he is, this was the people's main event, I think, in terms of what they were most excited for. Leon Edwards won. So he went home with two paychecks. Uh, he maintains his win streak. It's the biggest win of his career. And I don't want to hear anything more from the fans about like Leon Edwards came away like a loser and this and that. The dude hasn't fought a real fight in two years. I'm not, Bilal Muhammad fight is a wash. That was an eye stab. Uh, he fought for what, like 45 seconds? The man, as you said, most unlucky fighter, was supposed to headline in London against Tyron Woodley, and then that falls apart. Comes fight, is gonna fight uh, Hamza Shemayab twice, and it falls apart. And then he stabs Bilal Muhammad in the eyes. The fact that he not only got through a whole fight week and actually fought, I don't wanna hear nothing more about him 
walking away a loser or, or, or being any worse. The man fought five rounds against an absolute megastar and walked away with a win. Leon Edwards has nothing to hang his head about. And I don't want to hear any more about, oh, he won, but is he really the winner? Yes, he is. Yet somehow Nate Diaz come out of, came out of a fight where he lost almost all of it and he feels like a bigger star than ever, right? Yeah. Like, how, how does this guy keep doing this? This doesn't Nate, make sense at this Nate point. It's Nate Diaz, man. He's the, like, who, like the biggest, like, he's a, he's a cultural icon in, in, the, in mixed martial arts. He can do whatever he wants. As he himself said here, this is a title fight. This was five rounds. You think they're giving five rounds to anyone else besides Nate Diaz? No. So, yes, uh, Nate Diaz is, no matter what the outcome is, leaves a megastar. Dude cut his eye open and lost, and it, he's still getting the favors from the UFC. What do you even do next with Nate Diaz? It does seem like he wants to fight again soon. It's always weird matchmaking him, but again, I never really expected this fight. Yeah, so what do no. you do with him? I, I think we got to see what happens with Dustin and Connor. He has heat with both of those guys. I, if the loser, maybe, I think would be interesting, especially if the winner is going to fight Charles Oliveira. Uh, the Connor trilogy is always there. Uh, and then him and Dustin. Honestly, was, the Connor trilogy feel, now feels bigger than ever, right? No, I agree. But if, if Connor wins, he's fighting Charles sure. for the title. He would be the 12th UFC lightweight champion. Proper number 12. I see. I see. Exactly. So, uh, if, but if he loses the Nate trilogy and if he wins, then just run it with Dustin. They were supposed to fight at UFC 230 anyway. They talk a lot of greasiness on Twitter. Dustin's kind of at this point where, yeah, he could fight for the title. He, a lot of people think he's the best lightweight in the world anyway, but he wants these big money fights. And, hey, back-to-back -back fights, like back-to-back -back fights against Connor and then a fight with Nate, that sounds like a lot of money for Dustin Poirier. So uh, I, I think we really have to see what happens in July before he can fantasy match make with Nate. Well, last thing on this fight, play a little odds makers. Odds that Leon Edwards' next fight is for a title. Zero percent. Next Zero. fight? You don't think no. he can oh, just sit out and wait? Yeah. Depends. I mean, there was another Diaz brother sitting right here. He looked real mad when Nate was up here. So if they want, an, if they want another five-round non-title fight in a pay-per-view, because they've used a lot of champions, and we're trying to, like, who's going to fight in October? What champions are available? What if they don't need a champion to headline a pay-per-view? What if they go to Leon and they go, you beat Nate, now you got to fight Nick. You think Leon's going to say no to fight Nick Diaz? Like, it's, it's either Nick or it's, if I'm Leon, I fight for the title next. And if it's not, I fight Nick Diaz. And I don't, I don't personally care which one. Both of those fights intrigue me. You started this whole conversation off by saying you, you can't hate on Leon Edwards now. He did this. He, he's the winner. And you didn't even just give him a title shot there. What just happened? <laughs> Colby Covington's fired for the title. Didn't you hear Dana White last month I know, but he can still wait fight? it out and see. Sure, but if, he, if, if they come up to him and they're like, hey, do you want a lot of money to take a fight? You're probably going to win against a bigger star than Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. You think he's going to say no to that? Probably not. <laughs> or give him Masvidal. Like, that's a fight too. Get the three-piece in the soda. Run that a thousand times and they could headline in, in another pay-per-view. Well, before we get out of here, it was a really busy night. There were a lot of uh, interesting outcomes, a lot of explosive results. Uh, you had Lauren Murphy really cementing herself as the number one did contender she? in this division. It feels as if she did. She did, but I just wish Dana White would say it. Well, that's Dana. Yes. What can that's you do? Brad Riddell and Drew Dober burned their oh. house down. All sorts of results across the card. What stood out to you Is other than these main three fights? Terrence McKinney, I think seven-second knockout. You kind of, what, fourth-fast knockout in the history of the UFC? His first Fastest fight. knockout in the and history of the lightweight division. Yeah, I was gonna, and it's his first fight. He fought, what, eight days ago? And he won in 72 seconds. He turns right around and knocks out Matt Favola, who, didn't he fight Armin Sarukian like, to a really tough fight on Fight Island? And then Terrence McKinney does that. Uh, gets to meet his hero, Israel Asanya, in, in the fighter hotel. Might have hurt his MCL. We'll find out how damaged that is. But That's a really uh, rough Unfortunately, he outcome. didn't, for whatever reason, 
when you set a record, you don't get a performance bonus. I don't know what this whole we're going to take care of it means. Just give him a performance bonus. Because now when you go to UFC.com and you look at all the stats, it doesn't say performance bonus winner. It just says nothing. So Terrence, Mc, Terrence McKinney is, was, it was a he, – he, I don't know if there's a bigger winner uh, outside of like the top three fighters than him in terms of eyeballs because I've already seen that clip of his seven-second knockout like replayed a thousand times on social media. And as everyone knows, social media is king in 2021. Says the the leader of the social team on MMA fighting. <laughs> everyone go on to MMA fighting's social pages, please. Uh, we we can't get out of here without also mentioning Bilal Muhammad yeah. uh, defeating Damian Maya, probably the last UFC fight for the legend Damian Maya. End of an era. End of an era. I, by the way, Arizona, uh, I love you guys. I've lived here pretty much my entire life. Y'all disappointed me. You guys cannot be booing Damian Maya. What was going on tonight? That was inexcusable. We need to have words later on. Uh, also, Paul Craig um, snapped really? a man's arm. and He snapped a human being's arm in, in front of, what, 20,000 people? How was your Saturday night? <laughs> really terrible refereeing in that fight from a local Arizona uh, ref. We're not going to say his name, though, because we don't want to give him any plugs. I've seen that guy on regional shows uh, for the last, you know, Lots of years, let's just say that, and he's uh, never been that great. And so it's always interesting so to me that day at the when the big shows come to Arizona, somehow he gets assignments, and that's what happens. Uh, but regardless, Paul Craig, I'm just glad that Jamal Hill's arm is uh, apparently his not tongue, broken somehow. Apparently he's which made is, of, like, I don't know. I don't know what he's made of. His arm's only dislocated. That looked really nasty. It looked horrendous. But a, a big win for Paul Craig. Uh, again, just a very exciting card up and down. Lots of, uh, lots of fun we had here in the desert. And thank you, everyone, for joining us all week as we have brought you coverage from UFC 263. This has been the MMA Fighting post-fight show. That man is Jose Youngs. I am Sean Oshadi. Keep it locked to MMA Fighting all weekend and in the weeks to come as we bring you coverage, just like you know we do. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Bam! You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.